Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon and greetings to you. Thanks for coming along. Monday already, super fast weekend, but it looks to be a, a really beautiful week weather-wise. Of course, it's Holy Week as well, if you're following along in your liturgical calendar. It's also opening day week. And uh, what else is going on, Kath? You know, you're not plugged in there. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, uh, hold on, a little technical snafu here. Okay, because it's Monday. We just there we go. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Yeah, I yeah. mean, do you need more than that? John? No, I think that's more than enough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very, mm-hmm. very nice. Good weekend for you. Uh, it was a very nice weekend. I had some downtime, mm-hmm. which I very much enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, into a, a new TV show I like. Oh. Uh huh. Really. Yep. Um, and really got to hang with my hub. Mm-hmm. You know Eric. He's yeah. like the Mr. best Chill. person in the world. Yeah. Um, Easy. And it was if we we just had a good time. Excellent. Very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Now, if you'd say, Kathy, what specifically did you do this weekend? I can't really think point. of anything. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's some basketball? Um, listen. For, so the second game was a bust, mm. but the first, first game. game for all the people saying, you know what, the Final Four is stupid this year because is everybody it? just wants to see Duke and North Carolina mm-hmm. and Kansas. Listen, I'll see San Diego State and Florida Atlantic any day of the week. I was rooting for Florida Atlantic. Were you? Heck yeah, I was. That was my team because that was like the ultimate Cinderella team. Yeah, they, I mean they're neat. I mean both were kind of Cinderella teams, right? Right. But, but it, what a game! Man. What a game! The last second. Isn't that the last like, second. That was so exciting. How could that even be? Did you yelp? Yes. Oh, so did I. I jumped out of my seat. My husband and I were like, what? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Oh, there is that nothing was... to me. There is nothing more exciting than college basketball. That is my favorite yeah. sport to watch. The last 60 seconds of every college basketball game lasts about 15 minutes, doesn't it? It just goes on and on. But I love it. I love the strategy. I know. I do, that. too. It's just so It's so much fun. Mm, it is. I really love it. Very nice. Anyway, uh, we have a very strong uh, show for you. We're going to go to New York City here in just a little bit. Greg Clugston is going to join us. He's always our, our first guest out of the week, and um, he's standing up right now outside of Trump Tower. Yep. So we get to talk to him and find out. We were going to meet him in Coney Island, remember that, right. last week? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was two weeks ago. But this is good, right? I mean, there's a little slice of history in the making here. It's never. No matter what your politics listen, are. It's never happened before. It never has. So, yeah. So we'll talk to Greg about what things look like. Very nice. And what people are saying about it inside the Beltway. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we can you do some me, news. Want me to tell you something else about something? Tell me. Stuff that's coming up. Oh, We're yeah, going to talk sure. about Holy Week in the 5 o'clock hour. Okay. Um, why some Gen Zs are giving up smartphones for dumb ones. You can see why you do that. Mm-hmm. We'll right. talk about that. We'll ask Lexi about okay. that also at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, a new study comes out on why some people live longer. Mm-hmm. Is that a genetic thing? Is it an environmental thing? It's, it's like Superman what, gene. Yeah, what is that? We'll talk about that. Um, and also Carl Truman coming up in this hour at 440. Um, things to remember this year on Holy Week. Mm-hmm. All or right. perhaps I should say during because this is a Holy Monday, as mm-hmm. they say, tracking at home. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at the news. Of course, we know what's in the news, the top of the news. But without further ado, please, Kath, give us the top four at four. For Monday, April 3rd, mm-hmm. 2023, number one. 
The assailant in last week's deadly shooting at a Nashville school planned the attack quote, over a period of months, police said today. Investigators made that determination after reviewing the shooter's writings, the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department said in a statement. Three nine-year-old kids, three adults killed in that attack. Authorities say police shot and killed the assailant, who was a former student, 28-year-old, a person I won't name. The writings were recovered from the shooter's vehicle in the school parking lot in their bedroom, police said. Investigators still haven't established a motive for the shooting. What's been uncovered so far shows that the shooter acted alone, police said. The investigation is ongoing. People are calling for the release of the uh, so-called manifesto. Are they not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you going to dig into that? That's why I didn't want to mention this person's name. I never mention shooters' names because I know that part of their... Notoriety. Yeah, part of their, uh, should I say insanity? I don't know if that's even the correct word. Is uh, publicity, and I just don't want to give it. Right, I get it. I don't want to give it. Number two, European governments and the chief of the North... Oh, by the way, you can read more about that at CBS News. Thank you. Number two, European governments and the chief of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, also known as NATO, denounced the arrest of Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich and demanded his release. While a senior Russian diplomat said the investigation in the reporter's case was ongoing, like they're really looking into it. The to Russians figure, are. Yeah. We're trying <laughs> to help things figure out yeah. what happened. Mr. Gershkovich is 31 years old and he was arrested Wednesday. Uh, Russian authorities have accused him of espionage, which the Wall Street Journal and the Biden administration both deny. He's currently being held at a jail in Moscow run by Russia's Federal Security Service or FSB. Number three. Former President Donald Trump in New York City, even now, expected to appear in court for an arraignment today after being indicted by a Manhattan grand jury last week. Um, He's been uh, charged with around two dozen counts, including felonies. We'll talk to Greg Clugston live from the scene in just a couple of minutes. And number four, the Buckos are not here in Pittsburgh, but they will be playing the Boston Red Sox uh, Mm. in Boston tonight. Game time, John, 7.10 p.m. And that's your top four at four. I watched some baseball over the weekend as well. So did I. It's a lot. I mean, the game's moving fast. I like it. The game yesterday... That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I, I, I saw early game, but yeah. oh, you it. didn't see the end. No, I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I fell asleep. Yeah, I thought it was probably best to go to sleep. I mean, um, our forty-two-year-old closer, who looks like a super nice guy, yeah, he didn't pitch all that well no, on Saturday. No, no, he did not. No. So we he started on Saturday. Yeah, Rich Hill. Yeah, forty-two. I like the fact that a forty-two-year-old can still I play do. baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. But boy, that first inning, that I ball know. was up and up and up and up and boom! Who got us? Newman. New. Can you? No. His first at bat. He crushed that his ball. His first at bat after leaving the Pirates. Isn't Ugh. that our story? It was like, yes. It's just watching former players Come ruin, back and get ruin us. us publicly. Right, because MLB's like wretched. littered with them. After the break, live from New York, Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent, will find out what's happening as former President Donald Trump shows up to report for his indictment. WORD. Based on the book by Colin Smith, Heaven How I Got Here is the story of the thief on the cross. This is it. This is the day I die. Told in his own words, the thief looks back from heaven on the day that changed his eternity. Jesus, I said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
Don't miss Heaven How I Got Here. Prepare for Easter weekend with Bible teacher Colin Smith tomorrow at 2 on 101.5 Word FM. People ask me sometimes, Lance, I'm worried about my finances and I feel bad because I shouldn't be worried, right? I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and see what I've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times. If you've heard any of our radio commercials here on Word FM, you know that we like funny stories that make us smile. This is not one of those commercials. I read this week that over one-third of U.S. adults now owe more in credit card debt than they have saved. Add in the fact that milk and gas and kids' clothes and everything is out of control. And I think it's fair to say... It's a scary time for a lot of good people. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And if that's you, I do believe a cash-out refinance, pulling out some of the value your home has earned the last few years, could be a saving grace. Yes, mortgage interest rates are up, but credit card rates are about three to five times higher. We've helped hundreds of listeners do this, using a cash-out to rid of the credit card debt and then saving some extra aside for the road ahead. And it's undoubtedly a life-changer for many. If you'd like to chat about your situation, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a listener 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. New York City is aflame. Donald Trump is in town at Trump Tower. And Greg Cluxton SRN News White House correspondent is at Trump Tower himself. Greg, happy Monday. Uh, this is a really an amazing day, isn't it? It is, John. Hi, John Kathy. Yeah, it is uh, Trump Tower here on Fifth Avenue, and we have buzzing overhead some helicopters that are providing all of the uh, TV news networks aerial coverage of the motorcade that has taken and is taking. Donald Trump from LaGuardia Airport here to Trump here to Trump Tower. So, Greg, has the president arrived yet? John, I'm sorry. Yeah, he is. He is just a, a few blocks away, if not, has already ducked into a, an underground parking garage tunnel just a block from here. But okay. there are media contingents uh, on all of the corners here at 56th Street, over at 57th Street. Uh, we've got New York. Police department buses and metal barricades wow. lining the front of the uh, Trump Tower street between 56th and 57th. And so, as you might imagine, be security here for his arrival today and for the events tomorrow at the courthouse in Lower Manhattan. 
I can't imagine what it must look like, Craig. I mean, what what an absolute circus it must be. Well, it is. It, it does have that atmosphere to it. it. It's a combination of things. It's a combination of a very strong media presence here, obviously, given the historic and unprecedented nature of criminal charges that have been uh, that are now facing a former president of the United States. You've got spring break uh, visitors and tourists who are in town and uh, everyday New Yorkers going about their business. So it's all converging here just as the political and legal ramifications of all of this are converging for Donald Trump. Greg Clugston with us. He is the SRN News White House correspondent. But today we're talking to him live from New York City, across from Trump Tower, talking about the indictment of the former president. Uh, Greg, as former president, Donald Trump, of course, entitled to um, Secret Service protection. Can you talk about what that looks like from your perspective? Sure. Well, he is accompanied by uh, Secret Service uh, in his motorcade. The motorcade is not as robust as it would be if he were the sitting president. That's that's typical uh, for any former president out of office. But he certainly does have Secret Service protection. New York <laughs> and the New York mayor earlier today gave a news, news conference here at midday talking about all of the security measures to make sure that Trump can come in and out safely and that also protesters, if there are any, either here or down at the courthouse uh, tomorrow, can, can, can constitutionally, peacefully protest, but they're not going to be standing for any sort of disruptions or any sort of violence. Yeah. Uh, so he is, he is being accompanied by not the Secret Service, but his political advisor. He traveled with him from Mar-a-Lago today. His Trump plane landed at LaGuardia just within the last hour. And then once he's here at Trump Tower, we can only assume that he is going to be uh, huddling with his legal team. And he just they just announced that there is a new attorney that is disappointing that team as he is preparing for tomorrow's president. So, uh, Greg, our, our, um, our connection, not the, the the greatest of connections, I, I might say. I'm sure you know there's, there's just so much going on in and around the city. But but can you talk about protesters, uh, if there are any or lack thereof? I mean, New York is certainly different than Washington, D.C. The geography itself hems people in. Plus, I mean, it's not like people are you know going to just drive to New York City on a lark. It's expensive to get in the city and to park your car. So uh, are there a number of protesters or is it muted? Overall, it's muted. I do see some people holding some American flags and a couple of Trump banners and uh, signs right now. It looks as if there are also some who are uh, protesting Trump's arrival back here to New York City and those who are calling for his arrest and for, of course, he's going to be arrested in the rain tomorrow, but those who uh, are, are happy to see him in legal trouble. So even though there are a handful of people here on either side, uh, it's uh, it's very muted. I would say that the, the media contingent and uh, certainly just passersby on the sidewalk are outweighing any protesters. Now, the situation may be different tomorrow at the Manhattan Criminal Courthouse in sure. lower Manhattan. That's, of course, where the processing uh, of and the booking and the uh, surrendering, essentially, of Donald Trump to authorities is going to be taking place at about midday. And then uh, in the 2 o'clock hour, the president is going to, as a criminal defendant, appear before a judge in a courtroom. And uh, his lawyers have said that he is going to be uh, pleading not guilty to the charges that he faces. And, of course, we don't know exactly what those charges are. The indictment still remains under seal, and we won't know until at least tomorrow what those charges are. 
Greg, uh, Greg Cluxton with us, SRN News White House correspondent, correspondent talking to us live from New York City. Um, let's talk about what polls are saying. Um, what do you know? Uh, what are, what's the commentary going on about how people feel about the indictment and about the politics of the situation? It's pretty interesting, Kathy. We, there have been a couple of polls that have been conducted following last week's indictment. And there are any number of people across the country who believe that there is a political element to the indictment of Donald Trump. But at the same time, there's a sizable percentage of people who think that if, for example, he were to be convicted of a crime, uh, that even though if it was politically motivated to get this process underway, that he he should not uh, serve as president. Now, of course, this will not come as a surprise to you or John or any listeners but this indictment probably hasn't swayed those who already about Donald Trump. Right, Greg, we lost you there for a minute. Um, so you said that this this news probably hasn't swayed people who support the president, former president, or or people on the other side Got as well. It. I mean, people have pretty hardened views about Donald Trump, and so if uh, you are a Trump supporter and if you are a part of uh, the base of the Republican Party, that's still strongly supports him and his political ambitions for a return to the White House, uh, they are they are completely in his camp. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Trump campaign has been touting that they have raised several million dollars since last Thursday, a lot of them grassroots contributions, averaging under $50 a person. And so there seems to be at least some initial political uh, upside to all of this legal wrangling for Donald Trump. We'll have to see if that's the case long term as his legal question. So, Greg, uh, can you go through a timeline with this? Now, you just said that the president, former President Trump, has flown into LaGuardia Airport. He's on his way right now to Trump Tower. He'll spend the evening at Trump Tower with his legal advisors. And then at some point tomorrow, make his way downtown to the uh, to the courthouse. Now, what about press access? Will we see any of this arraignment live? Or will this all be sort of, you know, hidden away in the shadows? We'll just hear about it from eyewitnesses. How does that work? Yeah, that's still being sorted out right now. We do know that midday, approximately, Donald Trump and his legal team will go to the Manhattan Criminal Courthouse downtown. And that's when the booking, the process, that all takes place outside the public eye. However, we are waiting to hear from the judge in the case as to whether or not photographers or cameras will be allowed in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. They are currently not allowed in New York state courtrooms, which this is, of course, and an exception can be made, and there is leeway for the judge to allow some sort of an exception. And we hope to find out early this evening whether or not the actual court proceeding will be open to the public in terms of having pictures or live video. Mm Boy, I can't imagine. I mean, the security risks unto, oh. are just, they have to be just incredibly tense. I mean, we're not going to see, I can't imagine we're going to see Donald Trump anywhere near New York City. It's just going to be buried away in there. I think we've lost Greg. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I really appreciate it. I know you do too, John. Uh, Greg making time for us today yep. amidst the cacophony of New York City. Um, oh, wait, we got oh no, we still do have him back. Let's try this again. All okay. right. We're getting him back. Hey, Greg, you there? Hello. Hello. Hey. Yeah, we got Greg. We dropped out. Okay, no problem. All right, Greg, only a couple minutes left. Um, what are your expectations for the next 24 hours? Um, are you, You're staying overnight there. The president's not going to be reporting to the courthouse till tomorrow. Yeah, you dropped out just for a moment. Could you repeat your question? Sure, Kevin? sure. I'm just wondering what your expectations are for the next 24 hours. Uh, staying overnight in the city, uh, the former president doing that too, and then reporting to the courthouse in the morning? Sure. Well, obviously, everybody is hoping that it's a peaceful night. Uh, by all accounts, here at Trump Tower right now, Kathy, it looks as if uh, things are well under control. People are, are simply interested in the fact of all what's happening. Right. And that Donald Trump is back in his hometown, a city that he essentially has left. He's taken up residence in Florida now. So there's a lot of just interest and people wondering what's happening. Greg, thanks an awful lot. Uh, yeah, our connection's bad, but we really appreciate you taking yeah. the time here to be with us. Greg Clugston, SRN News. He is live on the scene right outside of Trump Tower today. And, of course, as Greg reported, and we all uh, are following along, the indictment will happen physically tomorrow afternoon downtown at the courthouse. Uh, and it remains to be seen whether or not we'll have press coverage of the, or that, or we'll have to rely on eyewitness accounts. Listen, ABC. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Uh, ABC News reporting the president's been charged with over two dozen counts. Now, of course, nobody knows, like Greg said, for sure. But right. What? I I don't know. I mean, this has been coming a long time. Remember uh, Cyrus Vance was the district uh, attorney who first started this. What, three Three years years ago? ago? Yeah. Now, uh, I would scoff at a lot of this, but knowing the political lineage of Cyrus Vance, and that long-standing Washington D.C. connection would—that's the only thing that really gives me pause about this. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, it feels as though it's an it, overplay of politics. Yeah, it feels like the situation in Georgia would be much more of a concern, an actual real-life concern for the yeah. former president than this is. So uh, we I guess will that remains see. to be seen. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen here? I mean, New York City does not suffer fools gladly. I mean, this is going to come out in the wash here. Um, already the mayor of New York is saying to protesters, don't come into our city and think you're going to carry on like you carried on J6. That's just not going to happen. And I would imagine the court proceedings as well, they've seen a lot of you know craziness in New York City sure, and the politics. Course. They're going to go by the book here. But I'll be really curious when the indictment is released what those charges are going yeah. to be. Yeah, This is different than what we've been told. Well, we'll find out sooner than later. Yep. All right. After the break, we'll come back. The lack of development going on on Smithfield Street in downtown Pittsburgh, becoming a source of major concern for the city. We'll talk about it coming up next. It's the Monday edition. Ride home. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. 
Uh, da, da, da. Yes, we do have availability. Those dates for how many guests? Andrea's Boutique Hotel is the destination to tie the knot. Oh, you want the whole property. She needs an assistant to catch the bookings bouquets. 249 guests, huh? Oh, and three dogs. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. Specializing in roof replacements for churches and places of worship for nearly 40 years. For the church roof replacement specialists in Pittsburgh and the surrounding area, call 724-NEW-ROOF today for a free quote. It took a panicked run on a major bank to lead to the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. And Moody's just downgraded the entire U.S. banking system from stable to negative. Just a reminder why many people diversify their portfolios with something tangible, something that doesn't need bailing out, something that can't vanish into thin air. Learn the truth in Swiss America's shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. This all-out war against cash is a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read The Secret War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-630-1495. That's 800-630-1495. This all-out war on cash, digital forms of currency, too, is growing daily. So please get and read The Secret War on Cash, free to Salem listeners by calling or texting now at 800-630-1495. Make sure you mention Salem when you call or text 800-630-1495. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? 724 New Roof. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. As a truck driver, I've learned how important road safety is. I know that large trucks need more time and room to stop. That's why I always hang back and follow other vehicles at a safe distance. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're driving, try to remember to always give trucks extra space when you merge in front of them. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Partly cloudy skies tonight, low 47. Very warm tomorrow with times of clouds and sun. A shower in spots in the afternoon, high 73. Overcast tomorrow night, mild with a late night thunderstorm, the low 60. Wednesday will be cloudy and warm with temperatures approaching the record set back in 1910. We'll see a passing morning shower becoming breezy in the afternoon with a heavy gusty thunderstorm, high 82. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Earlier today, I was in downtown Pittsburgh. And uh, there's a lot to be said about downtown. And, of course, our downtown is no different than downtowns in Boston or Cleveland or Columbus. Except ours is a lot smaller. It's smaller, but it's undoubtedly a mess downtown. I mean, if you're old enough to remember the greatness of downtown in the, the 50s and the 60s, the 70s, even the 80s. Uh, downtown right now is pretty much uh, a ghost town that is, is that is filled with homeless people. Um, just there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of negative things going on. That's the best mm. way that I can put okay. it right now. Now, now part of this is, of course, the pandemic gutted 
office space downtown. And uh, even as bad as downtown was doing before the pandemic, now it's multiplied. Case in point is a building at 441 Smithfield Street. Now, place yourself at the Kaufman's Clock and turn around and look at that building across the street. Mm -hmm. That's 441. That building runs the block from Forbes Avenue to Fifth Avenue, which you would imagine at one point was among the prime real estate, the the primest of prime real estate right across from Kaufman's. Kaufman's has had its own woes. They are finally looks as though targets at Kaufman's right now. There's apartments that apparently are being occupied now. Mm -hmm. So after a very long, circuitous route, Kaufman's, the Kaufman's building is somewhat back to its somewhat former glory. But 441 Smithfield Street has been empty now for more than a decade. A Cleveland developer bought the building about six years ago. Nothing has been done in those six years. Really? So it's just been vacant for six years? Now, apparently, um, a a contingent of homeless population are living inside of that building. And city leaders are saying to the Cleveland Consortium, hey, let's do something or just move it on. Give it up. Do something or sell it. And there are some on city council who are saying, we can take this building over as far as eminent domain. Now, that's wow. uh, that's okay. a long stretch yeah, so to, that means for that a, to happen. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the building. So they have a vacant building. They're not expressed. They're, they don't have any guards there. They don't have any security presence. It's an out-of-town entity. So, you know, right, out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. They bought the building, I think, for $7 million six years ago. It's on the market once again for some $20 million. So they're trying to sell it? They're actively. trying to sell it, but they're also, you know, they're talking to another steakhouse to be in that first floor building. How many steakhouses can Seven, the city way too support? Many, way too many. So it's just... I thought vegetarianism was on the rise. Yeah, not, not according to us here in the city. There's at least five steakhouses downtown. Yeah. Right. Um, It's a heartbreaker. I mean, I know that neighborhood so well. I spent a lot of time downtown. And to think of that 441, it would used to house one of the preeminent photography shops in the city. It also housed a bank, a ton of... My my dentist was upstairs in that building at one point. That was a major retail hub for many, many years. And now it sits in disuse. It just... And it's inviting disaster by its vacancy. mm -hmm. Huh. Yep. 441 well, Smithfield. I got to be honest with you. I haven't been, I haven't hung out downtown since before the pandemic. Really? So you haven't been to the theater? I mean, no restaurants. I went, yeah, I went to, down the, to the cultural I district. Went to the, I went in the cultural district twice, maybe since okay. the pandemic. And this is far from the cultural district. And I haven't district. been eating, you know, prior to that, I was down there all the time. Sure. But specifically in the cultural district. And so not as much up where you're talking about, but still, I, I don't have a good feeling for what's going on in the city right now. It's shocking to me. It really is. It's just, as someone who, I mean, I went to college in downtown Pittsburgh. As a kid, I freely roamed downtown. Heck, I told you the story a million times. 1971, the Pirates won the World Series. I said to my mom, I'm going downtown. I was 14. She said, have fun. And I went downtown by myself. I mean, they were turning over taxi cabs and setting them on fire, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) But downtown used to be so vibrant. I mean, it was a special place to go. Now, it's like crazy town. I wouldn't send, I wouldn't, uh, my kids are in their early 20s. I'd go, are you sure you guys want to go downtown? And I love downtown. And the cultural district is doing a great job in that small mm-hmm. corner downtown. Right. But in many other places throughout the city, I mean, 
Fifth Avenue is pretty much a ghost town. Forbes Avenue. I mean, PNC is the primary tenant of downtown I, Pittsburgh. I was going to a uh, a movie on a Sunday afternoon a couple of months ago at uh, Point Park. Yeah, and so on I on Forbes Avenue. Uh huh. And so I parked uh, in at the one playhouse of, in one of the PPG lots. Yeah. Um, and then I walked, walked through Market Square. This was maybe the show was maybe at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, so mm. I was by myself. I walked through Market Square, which is a place I love at, at Christmas. I always go down for the Christmas market, you know, have a meal down there, enjoy the you know the skating and all of that. Sure. It felt vaguely unsafe to me walking through there. This mm. was on a Sunday afternoon. Right. It was winter, uh, but it was sad for me. It is sad. I mean, markets. I, uh, market Square is just filled with a lot of. Terrific stuff. It was. It wasn't at its best. That it day. used to be so incredibly vibrant. Yeah, and then it went into a period where it was incredibly terrible. So and it's better than the incredibly terrible, but we're not quite I'm back not to so vibrant. I'm not so sure about think. that. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, this Holy Week. Holy Week. Remember that you are going to die. Carl Truman's next here on the ride home. 101.5 WORD. The current school year is not even over, but Word FM is already talking about heading back to school. Back to school! If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORD half-price tuition deals now at wordfm.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half. See the complete list of schools now at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death. Cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries. My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need? The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline, you could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune legal helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. Call 800-320-7171. 800-320-7171. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call, do it 
724 New Roof. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. From my perspective, I see us living in a death-obsessed society. I mean, all you got to do is go onto Netflix or any of your streaming services, right? Um, we're just up to our hips in the adoration of death and murder. Um, popular culture is just just filled to the brim with it. I think that's the only way I can just describe it. And yet... But that's in an, an entertainment context. Yes. In a day-to-day context. Death is sterile. Yeah. It's almost like we're obsessing over it in entertainment because that makes it seem like it's a fable or it's a fiction and it's not really going to happen to us in real life. Right. Yeah. We choose to um, sanitize death. But, you know, look, we, how, how many of us live with aging parents? Right. I mean, say what you will, but retirement communities or senior f- complexes are filled because we just can't find the time or the space for, you know, our aging relatives to be with us. That's not always been the case, but we do sanitize death to the extreme here. But the fact of the matter is sooner, much sooner, because time is short, sooner rather than later, all of us will die. Carl Truman is with us. He's been a regular guest of us of our show over the years. He is part of the uh, Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. He teaches courses on the history of religious thought. His newest book is called Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution. Carl, welcome back. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, Carl, you and I spoke earlier today recording for another program, so I'm happy to talk to you twice in one day. Uh, Carl, talk about um, an approach to Holy Week, which isn't obsessed with the bunny, the Easter basket, the, you know, whatever the the sales are at the mall um, related to Easter, you know, your new outfit or whatever it is. Um, You're thinking of something much more fundamental. And I have a feeling it's uh, we would be celebrating Easter differently if we were living 500 years back. Yeah, I mean, I think Easter is all about uh Death, really, we're thinking about the death of the Son of God, uh, sacrifice on the cross, uh, which is the great reminder, I think, to us of how the people has in this uh, fallen world at this point in time. Uh, and a reminder of our own mortality. Uh, what is the problem that every human being faces? That uh, we face our own mortality. Carl, we get a bad, uh, we get a bad connection. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's drop Carl. Can we, we're going to Carl. We're going to try to call you back. See if we can establish something a little better. And uh... yeah, this is an important conversation for us as we get underway with Holy Week, because when we think about Jesus and the the march to the cross and what happened to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the brutality of that, and how if this was today, we would see perhaps minimal outrage. It may be televised live, but the wiping away of death is something that is a mystery to us in this country. Yeah, the wiping away of it and the embrace of it at the same time is really strange juxtaposition to me. But I think, and Carl's going to talk about this if we can get a better connection here, is that by making death so sanitized, we take away the urgency of our life. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Because our life, I mean, if you're 50 or 60 or 70 years old, I'm sure you say to yourself, 
what the heck happened? Yes. It went by so fast. I can't believe that, you know, this is the age that I've, uh, I've come to myself in. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. Got Carl once back Dr. Again. Carl Truman back with us. Carl, you here? I am. Can you hear me? Oh, that's, much um, that's so much better. Carl, right as you were leaving us, John was talking about how um, you get to be maybe 40 years old or you get to be 50 years old and you think, how did I get to be 50? You know, time goes by so quickly. And with the entertainment culture we have, it seems like we just keep kind of, I don't know, we live in like a pretend world where our our earthly life is just going to go on indeterminately. Yeah, it's an interesting comment. Um, This might sound a rather trivial way of approaching it, but it reminds me of seeing a picture of the traveling Wilburys a couple of years ago, (laughs) who, when they were around in the 80s, uh, seemed ancient to me. Suddenly I realized that actually I'm older now than any of those guys were then, (laughs) and several of them are already dead. Yes, yes. uh, That was the moment for me when mortality really started to become real. I don't mean to trivialize it, but wow, time has gone fast. It sure has. What a shock to me. So, Carl, uh, death forces us, as you say, to, to think about what kind of person you want to be, right? Because time is so short, and we, we're always kicking things down the road. But we're always, hopefully, if you're, if you're organized about this and thinking about this with Jesus as your lead, who am I? What will I, what will I become? What do I do with my life? Because death is at the door, but if we're if we're sanitizing it, then we can just continue to on with an extended adolescence, and then one day be shocked that we're sixty years old. Yes, uh, I mean I think that the, the fineness of life, if you like, should lead us to prioritize certain things. I remember when my own father was dying of cancer. Was, I, my father and I would not typically express love for each other verbally. I never doubted my dad loved me. Uh, But he'd never really said it to me, and I'd never really said it to him. It was only when his own mortality became rather glaringly obvious uh, that we started saying things to each other that perhaps Mm -hmm. we should have said many years previously, but had neglected to do. So I do think the finiteness of life is worth grasping earlier on. There's a great line in, again, I don't want to trivialize it, but there's a great line in Bruce Springsteen's song, Badlands, Uh, You spend your life waiting for a moment that just don't come. Don't waste your time waiting. And and I think when you think life is just going to go on indefinitely, you can end up wasting your life, Mm -hmm. wasting your life for things that never happen and not realize that you need to to seize the moment and do those things now. Amen. Carl Truman's with us from Grove City College. Carl, in an essay that you wrote, an, an excellent essay, this Holy Week, remember that you are going to die. You wrote it uh, during the pandemic. And, of course, that very clearly we could see, you know, the, the death around us. But in the essay, which is wonderful, you, you reflect on the rule of St. Benedict. Uh, we talked about the rule of St. Benedict a, a few weeks back. But could you clarify that rule for us and how you see its importance as we lean forward to our most certain death? I think that one of the great things about the monastic life and monastic rules is the the presence of mortality within them. Um, Just three weeks ago, my wife and I were in Rome, and we went to the the Ossuary Chapel of the Capuchins, which is a rather eerie place because it's full of bones. Uh, And it's sort of spooky and creepy to walk in. Uh, But as you walk in, there's a sign that says, uh, what what, what, um, what you are, we once were, what we are, you shall become. And monasticism often had at its heart this reminder of human frailty and human mortality, that we live life in the shadow of death. Uh, 
And I think that's something we've lost in contemporary Christianity. Most obviously, perhaps, uh, when you think of something like a celebration of life, replacing uh, a traditional funeral. Now, I don't mean to belittle celebrations of life in terms of the good faith and the, the good desires and intentions that lie behind them. But a celebration of life is an odd way to think about a death. Uh, a death is something that reduces all those left behind. When yes. my father died, I didn't want to celebrate his life. Right. I wanted to mourn his death because I was reduced by his death at that point. And I think there's a, there's a strand of, of monastic piety that uh, is a reminder to us that this world is ultimately not our home, mm -hmm. uh, that this world is marked by tragedy and mortality. And we need to face up to that. We need to prepare ourselves for that. Right. Carl, uh, you were talking about the death of your dad, and I was thinking about the death of mine and uh, how I had so many people in his prolonged illness say, oh, you know, well, when he dies, uh, it'll be a relief. And I mm -hmm. thought, it's not going to be a relief. It's yeah. not. It's just not going to be a relief because and I feel like if we look at it that way, and I know people are trying to console themselves and not trying to be heartless about it. But at the time, I was thinking death is the enemy. That's why we have a savior. And I, the more we try to sanitize death, I think the less we have to celebrate on Easter Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and, and I think, you know, the resurrection is the great hope for, for Christians, but it doesn't mean that death is, is painless. Uh, one can only be resurrected once one has first died. And death is an unnatural intrusion into the created realm. Even Christ himself, the second person of the Trinity, in his human nature, weeps at the tomb of Lazarus. Mm -hmm. That indicates, I think, something of the disposition of the goodness of God when placed in the presence of the destructiveness of sin. So yes, Christianity is a religion of resurrection, but resurrection presupposes death and tragedy. Mm -hmm. um, when, you know, when somebody says, I think I can understand when somebody says, you know, the death of an, of an ill relative is, is a relief on one level because it is agony to see the pain that a loved one goes through. There, there's a certain relief from knowing that one's loved one is, is no longer suffering. But that relief is, is eclipsed and overwhelmed by uh, the sense of sadness uh, that they've gone. Amen. Carl, can, can you talk about Holy Week? Um, I, I was raised as a Catholic schoolboy, so Holy Week was, you know, sort of central, uh, of course, to the, to the long walk to the cross and then, of course, the celebration of the tomb. And I was surprised well, later to, to realize that not a lot of people, not a lot of Christians would celebrate, or at least not not celebrate, but follow along the chronology of Holy Week. Uh, was that part of your, uh, your your life, or is this something that, you know, is sort of secondary as you lean into this week? Well, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so Holy Week didn't feature at all Nothing. in my, my own background. And of course, since uh, becoming a Christian, I'm, I'm a Presbyterian, so officially we don't uh, celebrate Holy Week. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a very useful time for uh, Christians to focus their minds on the suffering and death of the Son of God. Um, like Christmas, it's become dramatically secularized with yeah. uh, Easter eggs. And there's nothing wrong, I think, with, with joy and celebration. Uh, but we should remember that the, the, the overall tendency of Holy Week should be a focus upon 
the suffering and death of the, of the Lord Jesus. And of course, you know, Holy Saturday barely gets mentioned in a lot of Christian traditions. Yep. Jesus doesn't just die and immediately get resurrected. Mm. His soul uh, died. You know, his soul descends into the realm of the dead, as mysterious as that is. Jesus himself experiences death over a period of time prior to the uh, the joy of the resurrection. Hmm. Carl, um, we want to wish you our best uh, during this uh, Holy Week time of meditation and grieving and then the joy of Easter. Thank you very much, and likewise to you too. Always a great pleasure. Carl Truman joins us from Grove City College. His latest book is called Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and spark the sexual revolution. Dr. Carl Truman. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction, like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Ryan, I know that zit is the size of Rudolph's flashing nose. And Ryan, I know you've struck out the last 13 times at bat, but it can't last forever. I think we've all had moments where things aren't going great, but someone reminds us that better days are ahead. This is one of those moments. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And luckily, interest rates are not forever. I had a friend say to me the other day, Ryan, we've been dreaming about a new home, and home prices have finally slowed up a bit. But now, interest rates are up, and we don't know what to do. And the reality is, that zit won't last forever. We're seeing hundreds of listeners buy the dream home today, while they can, with the plan to refinance tomorrow when rates settle. And we'll help a bit as well. Word FM listeners get a $1,000 lender credit at closing. And our direct lender advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. We our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Hi, this is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and best-selling author on safety and preparedness. The fact is, things are getting downright scary for everyone who's storing their wealth in the banks. We just saw the collapse of three major banks, and I would urge you to consider protecting your wealth ASAP. If even a tiny percentage of Americans attempt to withdraw their savings, we would see a collapse of the entire banking system, sending us into a modern-day Great Depression. Fortunately, there is a way for you to to avoid this. It starts with contacting Advantage Gold. If you have an IRA or 401k, Advantage Gold can help convert those paper assets into physical gold and silver. This is the process that I recommend everybody use as a hedge against rapid inflation and to protect your retirement wealth from the banks. Take control of your financial safety today. Call 800-900-8000 to get your free gold investment kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000.
So news out of NASA today that they have, for the first time in 50 years, assigned a crew to go to the moon. Now, here's the thing. They're not going to land on the moon. They're not even going to orbit the moon. But they are going to fly by the moon, revolve back around the moon, and then come back to Earth. So, essentially, one quick pass around the moon. This How- is all prelude to to what will happen probably three years down the road, which is to land people back on the moon again. Uh, how long will that take? Do you, is there any indication? It'll about, take about seven, six or seven days. Really? Mm-hmm. No, it's a fairly, you can get to the moon in about two days. Um, th- what they're doing is they're checking out a new spaceship. It's called Orion. So earlier this year, there was a unmanned liftoff of this first spaceship, brand new. So they're looking at all the kinks. And so they're going to send a, a new crew up, uh, four astronauts, uh, including uh, the first woman and the first African-American assigned to a lunar mm-hmm. mission. Okay. One Canadian. <laughs> so we let, we let him in at the end. We let the you know, Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's super cool. I mean, it's going to happen by the latest, they're saying, 2024. And then hopefully, maybe mid-25 or so, they'll land a crew on the moon. It's pretty cool. For all mankind was a show produced by Apple, which yeah. you refused to watch all the way through. Right. But the, but by the end of the first season, they have a colony on the moon. Mm. And we should have done obviously that. it's 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 fiction. Yeah. I don't think I need to tell you that. But it is kind the whole the whole reason I love that show is it's an exercise in imagination about what could have happened. Yeah. If, we were so far ahead. Yes, if we would, if and the pre- the premise of the show, if you didn't see it, is that the Russians get to the moon and walk on the moon first, mm-hmm. and we don't. And so, because we were behind, it causes America to just jumpstart the space program because we're so mad that we came in second right. that we're trying to come in first in all the other ways. Um, and so, there's a gigantic commitment from the federal government to to push the space program forward, which culminates in them having a colony on the moon but what's there are just so many interesting things about what would happen interpersonally with people living together on the moon yeah. and the lack of light you know just being Black. just being in a dark place yeah. all the time yeah um I, anyway i thought it was fascinating lex did you watch that i did not is it for all mankind yeah yeah it's a, just to me it was a soap opera it you had it in your head it was a soap opera before yep. you went into it, and then you judged everything based on that. Okay, so anyway, it's good news. It is good news. Right? It's super cool, right? It is good. Because here's the deal. We had this more than 50-year head start, and now, of course, Russia, the Chinese, the Indians, the Iranians of all place people, they're all committed to going to the moon. Right. Right? At some point, especially the Chinese, they want to colonize the moon. So we better get up there soon and stake our claim to at least a portion of that to work with the other. Yeah, yeah exactly. But we can't stake, we're going to stake our claim to part of the moon, which, again, is a thing that comes up in for all mankind. Yeah. Is that, like, who owns, who owns this? It? Right. Is this well, our area? Is this our territory? Right. We're the frontiersmen. Do we get to call it, so to speak? Who gets there first? Who defines the rules? All right. That's our 4 o'clock hour. Uh, This is the beginning of Holy Week. We'll talk about that somewhat in our 5 o'clock hour as well. Stay with us. We are, oddly, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Speaking of God, our Lord and Savior Jesus, on a daily basis. Be right back. Ask a 
Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Rick today. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Security tied in New York City for Donald Trump's historic court appearance this week. But else correspondent Greg Clugston reports from New York. Police here have placed metal barriers around Trump Tower and blocked roads near Manhattan Criminal Courthouse. Even as officials brace for possible protests, the NYPD said there were no credible threats to the city. It also said that officers have been placed on alert and the department remains ready to respond as needed. The former president is due to be arraigned at the courthouse Tuesday afternoon. Greg Clugston, New York. The former president will soon arrive in New York City. A threat of more violent weather this week. Areas that could see severe thunderstorms include parts of Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana southward to portions of Missouri, Arkansas, eastern Oklahoma, and northeast Texas. This is SRN News. Inflation is pushing up the cost of just about everything. Food, gas, clothing. But life insurance, which thanks to inflation you need now more than ever, actually costs less today than it did a few years ago. Now is the time to get the insurance you need at a price you can afford. Call Select Quote now and we'll help you save more than 50% on term life insurance. In a hurry? Don't worry. With Select Quote, you can get up to $2 million in instant, same day coverage with no medical exam. That's right, get up to $2 million in instant, affordable, same day coverage with no medical exam in under an hour. Call Select Quote now at 1 800 507 2266. That's 1 800 507 2266. Or go to SelectQuote.com now and get up to $2 million in instant, same day coverage with no medical Medical exam. That's 1 800 507 2266. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Rayma Christian School is enrolling now. Rayma is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RaymaChristianSchool.org. Today, the fastest growing religion is no religion at all. Do you think religion is good for the world? It only causes troubles and war. This is Kevin Sorbo. In the new movie, Irreligious Nation, my family and I travel to Israel to explore our faith and how lack of religion is affecting our culture and society worldwide. If God exists, is he even relevant today? Is God obsolete? Watch Irreligious Nation at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With Easter coming up, have you ever wondered what life would be like if Jesus had remained in the grave? The truth is, without the historical, physical resurrection of Jesus, we would be without hope for our own resurrection. That's the topic of a book titled, With a Mighty Triumph, available at Truth For Life today. Request your copy at truthforlife.org donate to help you prepare for Easter. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. 
Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Partly cloudy skies tonight, low 47. Very warm tomorrow with times of clouds and sun. A shower in spots in the afternoon, high 73. Overcast tomorrow night, mild with a late night thunderstorm below 60. Wednesday will be cloudy and warm with temperatures approaching the record set back in 1910. See a passing morning shower becoming breezy in the afternoon with a heavy gusty thunderstorm, high 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. We are live. It's uh, four minutes past the five o'clock hour. If I had a, a copy of the newspaper today, I'd hold it up so you'd you say we were live. Mm-hmm. Right? We certainly are. Dewey defeats Truman. Uh, it, when I left for work today, it was maybe uh, 12 12.15. Yeah. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Outside, it still looks nice. Looks I just haven't been out since. I think it was maybe sixty-three degrees. It's sixty-eight right <gasps> now. Sixty-eight degrees, and it's going to be seventy-seven tomorrow, I believe. You guys, I am so mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. How about maybe we hit lunch out on the patio? Wait, down below here. No, over at. Oh, at uh, Vincent's. Yeah. I'd be do that. Wouldn't Happy, that be fun? Yeah, be fun to do that. Yeah. Because we love Vincent's outside, Green yeah, Tree, yeah. and we like to support them whenever we can. Yeah. Love to. And every time, you know, I'm often over there on Sundays. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Yeah. On the way home? Uh-huh. Yeah, I stopped on the way home pizza. from church. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And every time my husband and I walk on, past the patio, we say, oh, oh, it's sad that the patio isn't open. Yeah. Well, it's of course, it's be open tomorrow. January when we're doing it or November. Do you think it'll be open tomorrow? Well, I don't. It would be a lot to open the patio if they don't think that they can regularly count on warm weather. You have to clean the patio. Right? Because... Yeah. I was no. looking at my porch yesterday, and I oh, thought, "Oh, this is going to take a lot." Yeah, to Yeah, there's this a lot ready. of grime out there. Yeah, this there? is going to be a, this is going to be a whole mm-hmm. afternoon project. Because these are the like the snow helps with the the dirt. Yes, but now it's just like my porch is like a ball of grime. Yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah, I'm going to get out there with the the hose and squirt it off. Good, I appreciate what that. The heck yeah! All right, let me ask you something different. I saw this in. Um, in a publication over the weekend. I'm trying to find which one I saw it in, and now I can't find it. Um, Gen Zers are trading in a smartphone for a dumb phone. Uh, they're saying, you know, I'm leaving my iPhone behind, I'm pulling out a flip, and I'm going to live life that way. In large part, so according to the article I read from Insider, that they're dissatisfied with the social media world, what it's done to them personally, and they're trying to say, you know mm-hmm. what, enough is enough. We're done. Yeah. So it's enough of a trend that it's showing up um, in people that are keeping track of data. And so I thought, this is interesting, especially because we have one here on staff. Um Lexi, tell me about your commitment to your smartphone, and do you have friends that have ditched theirs for a dumb one? I don't know anyone that's necessarily ditched theirs mm-hmm. for one, um, but I do get the sentiment of, like, I don't want this anymore. I don't um, want it anymore, yeah. Mainly because constantly having it available to you burns you out. Yeah. In such an insane way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've even thought about it from time to time, like, man, wouldn't it just be nice if I had a phone to like call people? Cause that's how it was for a long time is that you had 
a phone that you could text and call, but you never went on the internet for it. And then, at least for my generation, you also had your um, iPod where you could music. connect for music. Yeah. Um, and if it was um, new enough, it was like an iPod Touch where you could go ahead and download like Instagram, Twitter, all that, and you could have it separate from your phone. So you didn't always have it with you. Mm -hmm. um, though having it on your phone is quite nice. I do understand the sentiment of, wow, I would love to get rid of this and just not have social media on me 24-7. So would that be enough for you to actually do it, though? What do you mean? Like, you said you recognize why people would want to do it. But... I'm wondering what could you, you, yeah, could you, would you ever get to the point where you would say, you know what, I'm one of those people? I don't, see, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like I, my phone. I like the convenience of it being all in one place, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people like. Smartphone shipments, this was very surprising to me, slid by 17% really? in the fourth quarter of 2022. Wonder why. What are the reasons well, for this, that's what, that? That uh -huh, trend? They, they think that that's one really? of the trends making up the slide. Yep. Mm -hmm. Dumb phone sales are up by the tens of thousands on a monthly basis, especially for the old flip phone favorites produced by Nokia and HMD Global. Screen fatigue, they say, is a major reason why. I'm reading Screen here from thestreet.com. Um, they said, in large portion, Gen Z populations are tired of screens. Uh, they don't know what's going on with mental health. They're trying to make cutbacks wherever they can and try to find a healthier lifestyle. Uh, how can you argue with that? Mm -hmm. I think we're all, whether you're Gen Z or a boomer and everybody else in between. You recognize that this could really, this, this either really could screw you up or really has screwed you up. It has. It has screwed you up. Uh, new uh, phone providers or old phone providers, but looking at new models of a flip yeah. are not calling them dumb phones. They're calling them light phones. Like L-I-G-H-T. Light phones oh, 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 or oh, oh, oh. the smart flip. Interesting. Yeah. Uh huh. They said what we're trying to do, and this is a quote by from Joe Hollier, who's co-founder um, of the phone maker Light L I G H T. He said what we're trying to do with the light phone isn't to create a dumb phone, but to create a more intentional one, a premium, minimal phone which isn't inherently anti-technology, but about choosing how and when to use which aspects of tech that add to your quality of life. Well, that sounds good. Now, now if you would have said that ten, like seven years ago, Be laughable. We, we would have been like, get out of right. here. A premium minimal phone. A premium minimal, minimal phone that's not anti-technology, but helps you to consciously choose how and when which aspects of technology will add to your quality well, of I'd life. Well, I'd certainly like to see that, wouldn't you? Because, you know, our phones are I like sewn into our heads. Listen, I don't think I could do that. I get which it. Which is lame. Because I, I want to be the kind of person that could do that. To but step I, away. To leave it all behind. And then I think, well, maybe if I had a different job. Maybe it's because of my job. But I don't think it is. Because I, I also got out my camera last night. And, Your film camera? Uh-huh. No, not my or film camera, camera, but my digital camera. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I haven't used my camera in a year. Why would you? You got a you got your phone. You know? I have I have two very nice cameras oh. that I'm not using. Yeah. Because I my Just phone one more thing. Yeah, and and I don't know if I want to give that. Like when I my husband and I were in Nashville for 5 days or something, 
I didn't make space in my carry-on for my camera mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I had my phone. I don't necessarily want to give that up. Because we're spoiled. We are not. We are, okay. we are spoiled. Well, interesting, though, to see that there are a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, and they're at numbers that are trending, which mm-hmm. are giving up the smartphone. All right. Well, maybe it's a new trend. Yeah. Right? It would come our way and save us from ourselves, indeed. After the break, Michelle Van Loon with us. The Monday of Holy Week. Jesus at the Temple. What can we learn from the story? We'll talk about it coming up next. Glad you're along for today's Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. It's easy and profitable to be kind to others when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Each day for 30 days, we'll post a new act of kindness that you can do for others. On April 17th, you could win $5,000, and a deserving organization will also receive $5,000 in your name. You can make a difference in others' lives when you enter the Kindness Challenge. Learn more and sign up now at wordfm.com. When you order food for work on EasyCater.com, we've got your back. Real humans are here to help with your order every step of the way, making sure everything goes right, even behind the scenes without you knowing, confirming and double confirming with the restaurant that everything is on track. If there's a problem, thanks for calling EasyCater. Call us anytime, day or night, and we'll answer in seconds. We're right here with 100,000 restaurants, working hard to ensure the food arrives on time and is ordered. Order 24-7 at EasyCater.com. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you know that these days, generating growth is a challenge. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll not just stay ahead of the curve, you'll move it. With access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023, Bank of America, N.A. Hello, I'm Craig Giergo, and I'd like to invite you to come and experience Holy Week and Easter at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Take a journey with us from reverence and reflection to joy and celebration through our Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter services, and a specially curated art gallery depicting Jesus' journey to the cross. Feel the love he has for you, and come and remember what Jesus did for you this Easter at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Visit our website at ccgf.org. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consumer have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE. And your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. How about yesterday, church? Don't you love Palm Sunday? Yeah. It's really it's just so beautiful. Yeah. It's a celebration. Great. It's just really good to see everybody and to be surrounded by people and a celebration, the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And uh, so then, after Jesus is in Jerusalem, 
he gets to work right away, right? I mean, he goes into that temple, he starts clearing house. And boy, that does not sit well with people. It sets things in motion, right? The chain is moving forward quickly for Holy Week. Michelle Van Loon is with us and uh, talking about Monday of Holy Week, about Jesus clearing the temple. And what does that look like? We, we tend to focus on the anger. Michelle, uh, we'll talk about the, the, the wonderful work that you do as an author. But boy, Monday of Holy Week, that's a big day, isn't it? It is. There there are no palms. There, there is no drama that kind of leads us into Good Friday or the silence of Holy Saturday or the celebration of Resurrection Sunday. But... This is what some playwrights or, or fiction authors would call um, an inciting event. The thing that happens on that Monday where Jesus goes into the temple and um, gently, peacefully, or not, escorts uh, the money changers and vendors off the premises and drives them out is... Um, it's a really important hinge point in the whole story. Okay. So talk about the significant, and maybe you've already answered this question, Michelle, but the significance of it happening during Holy Week. Well, this was between Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead and then the accumulation of all the other stuff that he did that um, alarmed the um, religious authorities around him and kind of put him on a um, no-fly list, if you will, where Mm -hmm. everyone was watching him. Um, When he went into the temple and disrupted um, the flow of commerce, people that all the pilgrims that had come into Jerusalem to prepare for um, celebrating the feast together as they were commanded to do in Leviticus Leviticus 23. Everyone was there, and um, that whole money-changing operation was kind of developed so that people could buy and sell and trade um, materials so that they could participate in temple worship. But, um, you know, it kind of got carried away It was in the wrong place, and people were profiting off of this. And the people who most needed to be welcomed into the temple were being pushed out because of this practice. Right. And, Michelle, that's why people, I mean, people love, I mean, a lot of people, Christians see Jesus, you know, in the temple, and they go, that's my Jesus, man. I mean, he is righteous, and he is angry. He is flipping tables, man. I mean, he is not to be messed with. But you see that. I mean, you also see another side of this where you talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, seeing the sorrow of Jesus. That's a whole other side of the anger, isn't it? Well, it's interesting that this account is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Now, the one in the Gospel of John may have taken place in another time just based on the position of where it is in the text, but... Other, the other three Gospels all place this most certainly in those last days before Jesus' arrest and crucifixion and resurrection. In none of them is the word anger ever used. Really? Now, it's, 
easy to infer anger because we don't have blissed out, calm and peaceful, friendly Jesus walking peacefully through the temple courts, showing people the door. We have a whip and we have um, the action of of drama and some violence. You know, this isn't this isn't calm Jesus. This is Terminator Jesus. You know, like that's that would be the picture. This is blowtorch Jesus. We like to think we love that idea of him getting angry, but this action, I believe, was rooted in his deep compassion. Um, I. And if you look at the account that's in Matthew 21, this is the only one that carries that this detail, but the detail is so cool, which is he, he chases out all of the merchants and vendors. He says this, he quotes the scripture from the Old Testament, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. And then the very next verse after that says, the blind and the lame mm. came to him in the temple and he cured them. And then there's reference about um, out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you've prepared praise for yourself, referencing again, the purpose of the temple as a place of, of welcome and connection with God and praise. It's symbolized and created space for that in the lives of the people who were, who were flooding into Jerusalem. That was what it was meant to be. So it's interesting that it was, we kind of capture the idea of all of this, you know, tables being overturned and yelling. And I am sure that that is absolutely the chaotic kind of scene that we we can imagine, but not everybody felt like they needed to leave. It's interesting mm-hmm. who came in in right. that very space. Okay, so that's interesting. I, I had not thought of that, and I have to say, I, I believe I've read this account uh, many, many times in my life, and I did not understand or notice that the uh, verse 14, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them was in Matthew and not in the others. That's really interesting. So if he's, if he's Terminator Jesus, like you say, that's not, that's not going to be a safe space for blind and lame people to come into. That's exactly right. And so I think sometimes we understand anger as, you know, throwing plates and screaming and all the rest because something is wrong and that like God wired anger into us to to connect us to his desire for justice Um, but it's also connected to compassion and in particularly in this Matthew moment we see how what compassion looks like in a setting that most of us just associate with anger it's this is following um, the, the drama of his entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and it's followed by all the other events of Holy Week. But um, that this moment of turning over the tam- t- tables and clearing the temple also speaks a lot to 
um, what made religious authorities mad, cut income stream. It upsets, you know, kind of the way that they'd arranged things to run. Um, and here was this, here was this Jesus that was coming in. How dare he do that? And, um, but there were people that saw clearly exactly what his actions were about. And that's, that's good news for us. That is good news. Yeah. I mean, Michelle, what I, I appreciate about this is, you know, when people are angry, and of course, when you see outbursts of angry, you don't generally see the after effects of the outburst of anger, right? I mean, the anger comes from somewhere and goes somewhere. And, at, you know, as it explodes, there's also a, you know, like you're saying, there's also sorrow. There's also mm-hmm. this... You know, there's there's all these different colors and tones. It's not just one thing. So Jesus was absorbing all these things. You know, the outrage that the temple was turned into a market. And it turned into something else, you know, where he wanted the holiness. He wanted the sacredness. The recognition of what goes on here is something that's not of this world. You know, so I, I see that emotion. It swirls around in all sorts of different tones and colors, which I think is important to recognize. That's exactly right. So I think underneath the the way that we describe his anger, certainly that that's what it looked like. But it didn't look like that to everybody. For some people, mm-hmm. it looked like welcome. And it looked like there was finally a place of, of safety and healing and welcome. Yeah. And so it so interesting. This is how we go into Holy Week. He's saying the same thing to us. I One author who is writing about Jesus' anger, her name is Sarah Sumner, really sharp woman. She she wrote this quote, and I, I, I've got it here to share a couple of sentences. I, as I see it, Jesus must have been like a she-bear that scares everyone but her cub. Almost instantly, it seems, Jesus got the wrong people out of the temple and the right people in. Oh, that's really so good. I, I was like, boom, mic drop. Yes, that's exactly, <laughs> exactly right. And it's a very cool thought in this, in this era where there's a lot of us that are walking around with big broken hearts because pastors fall and leaders fall and there's abuse and all kinds of, of chaos and money money changing of all different kinds going on in a place to keep out the people who most need to be welcomed in um, before Jesus. And this is the Jesus who is at work. Um, you know, it, it isn't always easy to see the exposure and the upheaval that's going on in the church right now but if you can kind of hold on to the to the truth that the Jesus who made a whip and who turned over tables did it to make space for those who are hurting who are who are in need of somebody to say come on in Mm -hmm. um this is this is the most wonderful kind of moment to be able to step into Holy Week with. 
It's fabulous. It's really Michelle, good. thanks an awful lot. I uh, really, really appreciate this perspective. It's not something that I fully considered before, so really uh, glad that you were able to bring that to fuller life. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, you guys, for having me, and have a really meaningful week this week and you a day too. celebration Sunday. Look forward to Michelle. it. Okay. It's the best week of the year, Michelle yeah, Van Loon. Uh, she's it. the author of several books, which we love. Her latest is called Becoming Sage. Cultivating Meaning, Purpose, and Spirituality in Midlife. Michelle Van Loon. Look for her online and her wonderful works. God calls us to a deep gladness because we, as believers, we all have a deep hunger. Grove City College knows about that calling, right? They assume, we all do, that that caller is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so Grove City is committed to helping people, young students, pursue the vision for our lives and believes believe that you'll be changed as you find your sense of purpose, your sense of calling in this world. And I think that's what we all want out of college, right? We want those four years that are filled with so much uncertainty to be ones that end up giving us the clarity we want. To give us a place. Yeah. And to give us the foundation of education and the foundation of relationships that we really want. Um, Grove City is a special place and not every school appeals to every kid or every parent. But this is the time we're already in March. This is the time when applications are going out. This is the time when you need to make your college visits, your college, you know, your phone calls, all those sorts of things. So if you're a parent of a high school senior or even a high school junior and sophomore who is interested in like getting on the ball, this is the time to do it. So do yourself a favor and go up to Grove City and talk to somebody, get a tour from a student and find out if that indeed is the right place for you and your family. We're all called to something. Don't you owe it to yourself to investigate the excellence of Grove City College? Look online first, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I'm Corrine. This is my story. I was going through some financial troubles paying off my credit cards. I was paying high interest rates, and it just wasn't getting any better. And I knew I had to do something. So my mom told me about Trinity, and so I decided to call. Trinity was able to do something that I couldn't. I'm paying off my debt. I'm saving thousands, and things are really looking up. I promise you guys, you will not regret it when you called Trinity because it was such a relief and less stress in my life and it was the best thing I could have done for myself because once I called Trinity, they took care of me and I felt such a relief, a weight off my shoulders. Trinity was great to work with. They wanted to help me. I love it. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. I'm Corey and I'm debt free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. We are Everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. This homeownership tip is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency. The number one obstacle to buying a home typically isn't the monthly mortgage payment. It's coming up with the money for the down payment and closing cost. The Pennsylvania Housing Finance Agency can help. PHFA offers a small second loan to help meet this need. Learn more on our website at phfa.org. That's phfa.org. PHFA has been helping Pennsylvania home buyers since 1982.
Partly cloudy skies tonight, low 47. Very warm tomorrow with times of clouds and sun. A shower in spots in the afternoon, high 73. Overcast tomorrow night, mild with a late night thunderstorm, the low 60. Wednesday will be cloudy and warm with temperatures approaching the record set back in 1910. We'll see a passing morning shower becoming breezy in the afternoon with a heavy gusty thunderstorm, high 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? The pierogi. Now wait. I know that this is, you think this, well, this is an easy answer. This is Pittsburgh. Let me just say that I was talking to someone just yesterday who has moved here from a different city. Had not heard of a pierogi. And when I was explaining it to them, said, that doesn't sound good. Really? Like, it's it sounds, it's, it. Like, why would you take starch and put it inside more starch? I mean, that's a good point, right? And so I thought maybe I should back up a little bit and just look at it as An objectively as I could. Fresh eyes. Does a pierogi make sense? Well, I mean, you have a cheese pierogi, sauerkraut pierogi. That's my favorite. Right? I mean, it's like ravioli. There's all sorts of things you can... Portobello ravioli? Yeah, you don't usually put potato in a ravioli, though, right? But if you're going to do it, you got to have a potato pierogi. Yeah, it makes sense. It does make sense. I'm sorry. It, would, it wouldn't have lasted. It wouldn't have been embraced yeah, if it didn't make sense. Plus, it's just delicious. And with all the butter and onions. I told, I told him, this person, I said, listen to me, you, you can't judge it just from the explanation like you have to have and it's not just potatoes usually it's potatoes and cheese and when you put the onion on it it's kind of it's kind of like a little bit of baked potato with a roll yeah there you go you know what yeah, i mean yeah, a yeah. little bit of that feel you know what to talk me so where this poor person where were they where, they, where were they raised uh california so what are they having well Sushi. they're having well they're having like a taco well, Guacamole. Sense, I mean, yeah. I, I think yeah. all those things make sense, but I just, I, I was, I was shocked at his level of unawareness, sure. and then I felt like it, I, it was incumbent upon me to ask the question. I feel like makes after sense. all of it, it makes sense. I, I believe it makes sense. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Now, if, if you didn't have your butter and onion, maybe not as much. All right, so I'm sorry. I'm on the same Monday food rant here. Uh, we were talking about the, the nice weather coming, and the rise of the fares. Right, your your local fair, mm. which made me think about: Does this make sense? I know what you're going to say. A corn dog. Oh, does a corn dog? Oh, okay, make sense. Now look, uh, who doesn't love a hot dog? Yep. But a deep fried dog with a little batter around there and some mustard on the outside. Does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't. That's weird. It's weird. It's a little messy it's super greasy and you've taken something that's already bad for you and made it considerably worse well it's like a deep fried oreo that's why you would do that at the fair which is also a bad idea i don't think that makes sense either corn dogs make sense well 101.5 word fm word with nearly any invention the inventor knows it best he or she knows how it works this week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie takes us to God's words on the family. The family was his idea, and he has a good idea how it works best. Join us this week on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. 
A New Beginning with Greg Laurie. Weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. Hello, I'm Craig Yergo, and I'd like to invite you to come and experience Holy Week and Easter at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Take a journey with us from reverence and reflection to joy and celebration through our Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter services, and a specially curated art gallery depicting Jesus' journey to the cross. Feel the love he has for you, and come and remember what Jesus did for you this Easter at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Visit our website at ccgf.org. Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owed a lot of money to the IRS, almost $15,000. I tried to make payments. The IRS wasn't satisfied with Eric's efforts, so they came after him full force. They're coming to put a lien and a hold on all my income, my home, my car. I was just overwhelmed at what to do. Then Eric called Optima Tax Relief. When Optima Tax got involved, the cause was stopped. The threats were stopped. It was easy like... uh. One, two, three. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their team of expert tax professionals took care of Eric's problem. I owe 15000 and now my debt is clean. I don't owe anything. Take Eric's advice. If you have a tax problem, you need to call Optima Tax now. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. My nieces asked me the other day, What was your favorite movie as a kid? And the obvious answer is The Princess Bride for the sword fighting alone. I don't like the scary eels in that movie. Or the pit of despair. Agree. But in each dreary situation, along comes a saving grace to make the scary a bit better, right? Even the listeners know you're about to do a crazy mortgage analogy. Just get on with it. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And if you're a person who's been thinking new home purchase, but maybe your credit is a bit dreary, or maybe you don't have a ton of money to put down, the government-backed FHA loan just changed the game with a saving grace. The one negative of these loans was the MIP, or insurance premium, you have to pay. But as of this March, that's been slashed by almost 50%, which means a lot less money wasted, and depending on the loan size, could save you a couple hundred bucks a month on your mortgage. Inconceivable. We... Our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Do you have any, um, do you have any desire to live to be 100? Only, I mean, only if I could be a fun old a fun person. Fun 100. My mom was a fun 87. Yeah. I would like to do that, but if I'm no fun. If you're in pain. Well, of course right? not. If you're struggling with that. Well. How can you answer a question like that? I don't though? know. I you mean, don't know anything about what's waiting for you. Well, you know nothing you, about your circumstances or your family, friends, environment, nothing. Right. I mean, some people do live to be 100 or more yes. and, and they look. They look pretty good, yes. right? Okay, so the secret to living longer. We, could, we live in this... Is this something you've arrived at yourself? No. The not, secret to living longer? Not at all. No, okay. I'm reading uh, from USA Today. A blueprint for longevity. New study has an answer for why some people live to be over 100. Researchers from Boston University found that people who live to be 100 years or older, called centen- centenarians. Centenarians, thank you, uh, may have a unique composition 
of immune cells that is highly protective against illness, really? according to a study that was published on Friday. Quote, our data supports the hypothesis that centarians have protective factors that enable them to recover from disease and reach extreme old age, said lead author uh, Tanya Kenyon a senior bioinformation technician at the Center for Quantitative Methods and Data Science at the Institute for Clinical Research. Imagine putting that on your business card. Uh, people with normal immune systems are exposed to infections, recover from them, and learn to adapt from future infections. While the immune system's ability to respond to infections declines with age, scientists hypothesize this may be different for those who live to be 100 or older. Researchers have analyzed immune cells circulating in the blood taken from people living to be 100 to 115. They identified immune-specific patterns of aging and extreme human longevity. Uh, So what? Somewhere within your cell linings, this is written within you? That your immune system functions differently? What The answer to what makes you live longer is a complex one. There's multiple factors. There's the genetics, what you inherit from a parent. There's lifestyle. And there's just, you know, the factor of, well, you may be more fortunate than other people. Study authors report the findings built on existing research. Uh, exceptional longevity is a blueprint for how we might live more productive, more healthful lives. But the cellular... Component. Okay, that there's a component Hard to, to it. ignore that. Okay, now think about this. Look at that in contrast to this Twitter thread that I saw yesterday from John Byrne Murdoch, uh, who writes for the Financial Times. He uh, he says that at every point on the income distribution, mm-hmm. Americans live shorter lives than the English do. Really, okay? every really? If, if we from plot, rich to poor. If we plot the same data by actual income. The U.S. deficit is vast. Hmm. Um, because we work too long? Th- well, this is interesting. Things have deteriorated so much that the average American now has the same healthy life expectancy, which is years lived in good health, as someone in Blackpool, which is the town in England that has the lowest life expectancy by far. What? Synonymous with deep-rooted social decline. Now, he says, I think this bears repeating, the average American has the same chance of a long and healthy life as someone born in the most deprived part of England. Okay, so what's happening? He says, here's perhaps the most damning statistic of all. One in 25 American five-year-olds will not make it to their 40th birthday. Wow. Okay. One in five. Yes. So beyond age 70... U.S. mortality survival rates are similar to any other wealthy country. But getting but there. between teenage years and early middle age, there is a vast gulf. Uh-huh. Deaths at early ages erase far more life, Bionics. even than a large number of older folks dying slightly early. That's why our average is as low as it is. So what is it? It's just violence. The result is, and suicide. Really? Yeah. The result is, he says, that the U.S. is the only developed country where even if you strip out all of COVID deaths, life expectancy still dropped since 2019. That's sobering, isn't it? It's it's incredibly it's incredibly sad. Um, So. 
I don't know. There's income inequality, of course, that figures in. This is a really complicated thing. So I'm not trying to treat it simplistically right, right, right. and say I understand what goes into it because I think it's multifaceted. Okay, so the, what, what's happened in France this past couple of weeks, right? So the French citizenry are up in arms because they want to increase the retirement age. Or they don't want it to be dropped. Right. So right now it's, what, 64. Yes. And uh, it's it or they don't want it to be raised. I'm to sorry. 66. Yes. Right. So right now, if you're French... You're storming the Bastille. Because you don't want to spend... Now, 64? I don't know. I mean, I know some people who are retired at 64. A lot of people I know, well... I know a lot of people that aren't retired at 74. Yeah, right. I think that's part of it as well. There's something to be said. Now, look, I'm not some socialist. But there's something to be said about this. Okay, you've done your due diligence. Mm -hmm. You've worked this amount of time. The... uh, the 401k system, the pension thing, it seems so, here's his word, deeply inequitable. Mm-hmm. Um, people can't afford to retire. And I think that drives up death rates as well. You yeah. work yourself to death. Right. Isn't it interesting, though, that if you look at 70 plus, the age of 70 plus, America is commensurate with other, well, other wealthy countries. But if you look at how many youth are dying mm-hmm. between 18 and 40, it is overwhelmingly terrible news for Americans. So are you saying the leading cause of, of that is mm-hmm. suicide? Well, suicide it's, it's and violence. one, yes, yeah, suicide and violence. Yeah. Lexi, does that surprise you? Not in the slightest. Yeah. Not okay, so, slightest. so talk about why that doesn't surprise you. Um, it doesn't surprise me mainly because um, I feel like millennials and Gen Z who are um, starting to get older and starting to get into that age range yeah. are some of the more anxious and more depressed um, generations. Mm-hmm. So I guess it just doesn't shock me. Um, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit with um, pensions, 401ks. Yep. I mean, people are working themselves to death. Um, if the only thing that you're going to do for the week is wake up, go to work, come home, and go to bed, that's not really living. No. At least I wouldn't consider no, that living. No, it's not really living. You're paying your bills, right? Yeah. And that's a burden I think a lot of people carry. Mm-hmm. I think it's a uh, – and then if you look at violence in schools, uh, violence among uh, urban centers in America, you know, youth on youth violence, it just – it seems like our crisis is all around us and we don't know how to address it. We don't know how to how to infuse hope in yeah. in a younger generation. I agree. Because we, what is that? Because we haven't found the hope ourselves? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, it's like their conversation with a couple of weeks ago, right? I mean, your kids might be depressed because you're depressed. Right, right. I mean, so how can we and expect anybody else to be And your kids might be anxious because you're, you're anxious. anxious. Yeah. What do you see about the generation ahead of you, Lex? I mean, do you feel like you are inspired to be more anxious or more depressed because of the people who are like my age and John's age? Or hey. how does that work in your life? Um, I think I feel... I feel like maybe this is because I classify myself as more of an empathetic person. But um, when I see people feeling a certain way, I just can't help but not feel that way. Um, So it does promote that, but it also promotes like being the person on the outside looking in. I can kind of put the pieces together of, oh, that's why they're feeling like that. That's a normal reaction. Let's see if we can work through it to get them to a better place. Good. That's a good attitude. That's a good attitude, Lex. 
I don't know. I just feel like it. It's it just, inc- I don't know. It gave me another kick in the butt to just use my free time to care for people who need caring, well, you know, to, to reach out. I'm not saying that the three of us are going to be able to fix this issue in America, no, but we can certainly make a dent in our own spaces. Well, it's like our first guest. I mean, Carl Truman, time is short. Yeah. We don't, if you're in your 20s, you think, oh, I got decades. It According goes, to these trends, you might not. No, right. It goes by so quickly. Yeah. It's, and I know everybody says that. And iso- I'm telling you, isolation is the enemy. Isolation, I know we had to do it during COVID, but what it has done to us, yeah. the price we're paying now, because people have changed. Our uh, psychological health is poor. Our our outlook on the future is poor. And I feel like we need to support community wherever we well, find it. Well, that's to me is one of the bright spots for where the church is in this country. Right. If you could get people to come to church with you and you go, holy smokes, what goes on in right. here? I love my church. Me too. I was just thinking yesterday. I love it here. Yeah. The people are really interesting. It's uh, it's a, a place. I'm never bored by the community. people there. There's a great community. It's like. I'm so happy I belong. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because I, I know Sunday morning, you know, people are just hurting. What, what else are you doing on Sunday right? morning? You're home watching what? Jane Polly? Or you're out riding your bike yeah. or something. I, I don't know. Your church could be a lot better than Jane. I mean, I love Jane, but... We've hurt ourselves so deeply. We are not uh, the best advertisement for the for, for the quality of what the church could and is. No, I know that. Right? But, but really, still, when you, when you find a place that you love that much, you want more people to find a place that they love. And that you're known. Yeah. And you look forward to you know being with other people who are like-minded. That's the beauty of the local church. We need to take a break. When we come back the best places to live in america and why should pittsburgh be number one but isn't <laughs> is that on the list <laughs> i don't think it is. Right, talk about that next stick around the best places to live ever If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consumer Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE. And your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and 
experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Has your home fallen victim to Mother Nature? Get a free storm damage analysis from Bachman's Roofing. You may never notice the damage from storms, so let the experienced team at Bachman's Roofing provide a free analysis to check for damages from the recent storms. Bachman's is now offering 0% financing and no payments for six months. Call 412-744-8390 or visit Bachman'sRoofing.com to set up your free storm damage analysis by May 1st. That's 412-744-8390. Philadelphia apparently is cleaning our clock in best places to live. What? Philly. Come on, yep. Sean. Yeah, uh, the uh, annual rankings of best places to live, uh, they do not include a, a major metropolitan area like New York City or Los Angeles. Okay. Where is this from? MSN. Uh, yeah, M- uh, CBNBC. Oh, CB- CNBC. Okay. Yeah, they do include, though, Philadelphia. Listen to this. So the list ranked 17,932 towns and neighborhoods using data from the United States Census, the FBI, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and the CDC in combination with millions of reviews from residents. Okay. The best places to live were decided based on the following criteria. Affordability, local housing market, neighborhood diversity, area public schools, and walkability. Okay. Let me give you the uh, top 10 places to live in the United States in 2023. Start at 10. Number 10 is Great Neck Gardens in Long Island, New York. Mm-hmm. Long Island? Mm-hmm. Very, oh, Long Island can be very nice. I'm, I'm sure. but Okay. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Devon in Philadelphia, PA. D-E-V-O-N? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Number eight is North Quarter in Orlando. Now, would you ever want to live in Orlando? No. Okay, but maybe we haven't been to North Quarter. Number seven is Cambridgeport in Massachusetts. Yeah. Number six is City Center in Santa Monica, California. Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's nice. Number five is Penn Wynn in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Wow, they got another one? Number four is Hyde Park, Spanish Town Creek in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Number three... Is Tampa on the Gulf side? Yes. Okay. Number three is Ardmore in Philadelphia. What? They have a third one? Mm -hmm. Number two is the Colonial Village in Arlington, Virginia. And the number one place to live in all of the United States is Chesterbrook. Come on. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Four out of ten? Four of the top ten places in the country. 
in Philadelphia. Number one, number three, number five, and number nine. And they're Flyers fans. That is mm-hmm, tough to take. Mm-hmm. But apparently very nice. Mm-hmm. Now, Chesterbrook, the number one place to live, it's a suburb known for its high-ranking education system. Uh, the local school district is number two in the state and number 27 in the country. The suburb is also near several colleges, including University of Pennsylvania, Swarthmore, oh, well, this... Harvard College, okay, so and this... Villanova University. Okay, so this is large money. Yes. Though Chesterbrook has high scores in education, housing, and in its reviews from residents, it scored low in affordability That's... and in weather. Oh, oh, in weather, of course. Mm. The median, the median listing price in Chesterbrook is $440,000. The median price. (laughs) Who's living there? Well, no wonder it's a nice place to live for crying out loud. Chesterbrook. Mm -hmm. Here's my problem with Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia, first off. I mean, I think I probably need to even explain it. It's very flat. Is it? Yeah. I, I like where we are. The topography. I like it. Yeah. And I know I sound like a yinzer because well, I am. I just, I like the hills and valleys. I don't enjoy, mm-hmm. I know you do this weekly, Lex, driving through Ohio. It's no, it's flat. the worst. It's very flat. It's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, driving around here, I, it's just, I like it. It's yeah. different. It mixes it up. It is. You never quite know what to expect. I don't want to, have you ever been to Phoenix? Uh, no. Okay. It's just a grid. Mm. It's just a grid. Yep. You know what I mean? It's one light after another, and there's a four-way, and it's everything looks the same. Mm-hmm. And I, the outlying area is very beautiful, but just as – I don't – new cities aren't my thing. Yeah. Hey, no, wait. You, you just brought, I'm not saying Philadelphia is a new city. I'm just saying it's flat. You just said the word yins. Mm-hmm. I was downtown today. There's a coffee shop in downtown Pittsburgh called Yins. Oh, yeah. That's a chain. It is. Around Pittsburgh. There's one in Bloomfield. Is there really? Yep. On All uh, Liberty Avenue. What do you think about the – is that passe now? Have we, we move beyond the ends? No, we will never move. We'll beyond never the move ends. beyond the ends. No, but even though we have like Pittsburgh's a major tech hub, even though you know there's a lot of wealth, a lot of wealth in the area, the yins will never leave. How many true yinsers do you know? Not many. Uh huh. They're a dying breed, right? Lex, you think they're a dying breed? I don't think so. What? Do you know any Yinzers? Yeah. I mean, all my friends. They're all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. We'll have I to mean, do a little round say, table with them. I say Yins. I also, but here's the thing is I also say y'all because my dad okay. was from Virginia. I've never heard, I've never heard you say Yins. Yins and y'all at the same time. Yeah. Really? Never. I feel like I say Yins sometimes. No, oh, really? I never no. noticed it. We'll call you out on it. Oh, we'll okay. Here, believe me. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time I was in uh, a local Eaton Park and uh, the waitress came up and said, Yins know what Yins want? <laughs> a double and I, yin. And I thought, now that's impressive. That. You use it two times in a very short yeah, sentence. Yins know what yins want. I don't know. Uh, I, maybe it's my social circles, but I, I can't say I'm hanging out with yinzers. Yeah. Even well, though I am a yinzer. Well, if listen, if Lexi says she's one, then I, I guess it's we're okay. at 100%. Long live the yinzers among us then, right? Even though it is a corporate entity, right? Just What's saying. a corporate entity? Yins, the trademark of coffee houses now. Okay, but that's you know you're not trademarking the whole Yins. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.